What's the part of you that you're not accepting right now? That you're trying to pretend is different than it really is? I'll be exploring this in my conversation with today's guest. She's gone through a process of having to accept herself and has some helpful suggestions that we can use for accepting the parts of ourselves that we don't like, whether or not we can actually change them. Thank you for listening to this episode of Changes Big and Small. This is your host, Damian. Each week, I interview guests or share research to help you take action to live the life that you want. This episode, I'm chatting with Beverly Mapagani. Beverly is currently working as an account payable administrator. She strongly believes that she has come to this world to be a beacon of light to those who are struggling with accepting their bodies and are never free because they are afraid that they are not how the world tells them they should be. She's recently embarked on a journey of being a body image activist. You can follow her on Instagram and Facebook, and you will find those links in the show notes. Welcome, Beverly. Thank you, Damiani. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, hey? Damian. Damian. Oh, yes. Okay. Got it. Beverly is kind enough to be recording this interview with me for a second time because we had issues the first time. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Let's start with what do you like to do for fun? What I do for fun is um, I watch soccer. I recently have joined a breathing club, so I like to read a lot uh, recently. And then I'm also, I don't know if it's fun or hobby or a lifestyle, I, I gym a lot. Ah, okay, I, you work I, out a lot. Yes. <laughs> so what's the last book that you read that had a big impact on you? The last book I read was uh, Girl, Watch Your Face by Rachel Hollis, where she talks about it's okay not to be perfect. Like it's okay to be a mother, a girlfriend or fiance or a wife who's not perfect as long as you're doing your best. But it made, it made a big impact on my life. You have struggled with your own physical appearance and that's something that you've shared on Instagram as well. Would you share with the audience about that? Yes. So growing up, I, I grew up here in South Africa in a very uh, small united village where everyone was loving, was peaceful. And I didn't notice um, any difference with my hand compared to other kids or other uh, people. So I grew up as a normal kid, as outgoing, playful and also at home, they treated me as normal. I used to, to wash dishes. They made me uh, wash my sheds or whatever small uh, chores that I had to do at home, like any other kid would do. So not even a bit, I was treated differently. There was no unfair treatment even as a result of my hand. I never felt that until I moved to the city, to the big city in Houghton, South Africa. So I had to start a new school there in grade 10. It was first day at school. As a normal kid, as I had taken myself to be, I entered the class with no expectations. 
when I looked at the faces of other kids, they were shocked at my hand. Before anything else, they started uh, throwing questions at me. Why is your hand like that? From that day, it, that question started ringing in my head. Like, why is my hand like that? I couldn't answer that question because I was never prepared to answer that question, let alone being aware that I was different. I knew I was different, but I was not aware that it would be to that extent that people would get shocked at looking at me. From that day, I decided, you know what? I'm going to hide my hands to avoid uncomfortable looks or, or even questions. So I started hiding my hand until right up to varsity. I, I, I hid my hand from my, my classmate, from everyone. So when you grew up, were you an only child or did you have siblings? I, I have siblings. I grew up at my maternal grandmother's house. I'm first born to my mother and my, my father, and there's three siblings that come after me. But then it was only me and the, the sister who comes after me. And then there was my aunt, my uncles, and their children. So we grew up in that setup where there were three generations under one household. So we were a very big family. Okay. I was asking that because I was wondering about not standing out or not being treated differently. So you definitely had siblings and you didn't notice that they were being given different chores. I didn't notice. Yeah, there was a couple of other children as well. So, yeah. In terms of your hand, you were born with missing fingers, is that right? Yes, I was born like this. So I was born with uh, mi- missing fingers and my right hand deformed like this. You already mentioned that you were not treated differently by your family. Were there accommodations that you made for yourself without even thinking about it? Did you notice a difference in the way that you used your hands? My mother tried to teach uh, me holding a pen with my right hand. But she saw that it wasn't possible. So obviously I had to, to use my left one. And then also the difference that um, I noticed while I was still a kid uh, at school, when I started uh, learning how to write, how to count, I noticed that I couldn't count up to 10 using both my hands because people around me were so loving. They treated me as a normal kid. That didn't uh, plague into my mind that much. So I made peace with that very quickly. I'm curious, besides pointing out your hand, what else did people do at school or in the past that made you feel different or not normal or something? The other thing is I would um, hear people describing me as that girl with two fingers. So that used to be my label to, to other people. That girl with two fingers, sometimes when... When they talk about me or people want, uh, a person wants to know more about me, instead of describing me with any other future, it was easy for them to say that girl with two fingers. So people would recognize or recall who am I. You've been able to think back about that experience and you've, over time, you've removed your hands from your pocket. Now you show both hands in yes, your photos, like people can see it on Instagram, for example. So there's been an emergence. There's been a bit of a journey that you've come on. It has been a journey. What's made the biggest impact for you in terms of being able to feel as if you can now reveal your hand? 
what happened to make you feel like it's okay for you to show your hand after hiding it for so long? Okay, what triggered that is when I was going through some rough patch, actually I had rock bottom. So there I had a lot of questions to ask myself and to find. So one of the things that I, I asked myself is why am I in this world? Mainly my rock bottom was on the financial side because I was not working. I had uh, lost uh, my job. So uh, I had no income. I was depressed as I born to my family. I was really under pressure. So I asked myself a lot of questions. So if I get a job, what will change for me? And then I discovered that I will still earn income and then that will be it. How life will be different from the one that I, I lived before when I had a job. And that's when answers came. There was a voice inside and said, you're not free with yourself. That's why you can't find answers. That's why you can't find what you're supposed to do. That's why you only focused on the financial side. You just want to make a living. And then I started to ask myself questions. So how do I move from just making a living to not just uh, make life about finding job and surviving? That's when I discovered that I'm not free with myself. And then where do I go from there? How do I become free with myself? Which area am I not free with, with myself? That's when I find answers. To why was I made, or why was I created this way? There was a voice again saying, maybe it was for a purpose. What purpose then? And then that's when I found answers to say, okay, for you to be free, for you to find answers to all the questions that you have, start revealing your hand uh, to the society and to the world. You make it sound very easy <laughs> that you asked yourself some questions, you came up with an answer. What was the process really like for you in terms of what strategies did you use or what processes did you use for you to be able to think about and come up with those answers for yourself? Okay, it, it is not as easy as I explained it. It is not an overnight uh, process for sure. So I struggled also to find an answers. As much as I say, I asked myself question and answered myself. It was not, okay, here's the question, here's the answer. It was not like that. Every day I struggled. The moment I discovered that I was holding myself by hiding my hand, I said to myself, okay, now that you know what's holding your back, how are you going to walk with your head on the side? People are going to see you now. And then how are you going to explain to them that you've been hiding yourself? I also struggled with that as well. And then I started reflecting. I started a lot of uh, introspection. I started to say, I'm not doing it uh, for people. I'm doing it for my own freedom before anyone else. I'm doing it for me. It was not easy because still there were a lot of things ringing into my mind. How are you going to feel accepted by your own self? And then one of the things that I started doing was going to the mirror. I started visiting the mirror and show my hand to myself. Hi, Beverly, this is you and your hand is like this. I said to myself, but my hand looks weird. Uh, as much as I wanted to accept that, okay, I'm uniquely created. There was this other one saying, but your head is weird. That's why you have been hiding it from your own self. That day I, I dropped tears. Then I went to bed. I cried. I got frustrated. The following day, I got to the mirror again. I whipped at myself with the same hand. And then said, hi, are you going to accept yourself or what? Still, there was there were these uh, conflicting voices. One say, you're okay the way you are. The other one say, but the world will judge you for the way you are. 
And then the other one says, no, but I'm not doing it for the world. I'm doing it for myself, at least first before anyone else. That's how I started regular visits to the mirror. Then uh, as time went by, I started to see um, a very beautiful hand that's uniquely uh, created. I started telling myself that you were created to stand out. You were not created uh, to be like anyone else. You are you. You are not anyone else. I started also with affirmation sayers to tell myself that you are strong, you are beautiful, you are amazing, you are confident, you are bold. It was a very uh, emotional journey. It was uh, uneasy at times. I had lots of doubts. I, uh, I had a lot of uh, tears to cry. Mm-hmm. And then I had a lot of forgiveness to myself to give. What inspired you to do that, to go to the mirror and to go through this process with yourself? Where did you get the inspiration that this would be helpful? The moment I discovered that I was not free, I was not confident, I aggressively wanted to go out of the situation because I was now aware that my hand was holding me back. So mm-hmm. when you are aware of something, you want to change it. You can't stay in that state forever. I was in this state for too long. I knew that I was hiding my hand, but I didn't know the negative impact that it was making. The minute I discovered that this thing held me back from a lot of things, like reflecting back to the opportunities that I've lost from having social anxieties, from shying to meet people, I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to be free. For me to be free, I had to go through the process. I knew that I had to do something about it. I couldn't stay in that situation forever. I couldn't just acknowledge, okay, this is my hand. This is how it is. I want freedom. I want to meet people. I want to take opportunities. I want to present myself to the world as I am, as real as I am. Wanting to change is what triggered me to actually go through the process. What does self-acceptance mean to you? Self-acceptance means embracing all parts of you, even those that you, you can change, and stop beating yourself over them. If you like me with my hand, you know there's nothing you can do about it. Embrace it. This, it's out of your control. Embrace it. It's yours. It's yours forever. For as long as you live, you're going to live with it. So what are you going to do about it? It's either you embrace it or you beat yourself over it. And beating yourself over it comes with our negative uh, consequences. You don't want to live that life. So the best way is to embrace it. What practice do you have? What's something that you do that you think helps you remain grounded in who you are? and in accepting yourself as you are. Meditation helps me a lot, calms me down. So just lie down and breathe, deeply breathe in and out. Also, I go to a mirror every day. I smile to myself and then I say to myself, remember you are strong, beautiful, amazing, confident, and bold. It just uh, (laughs) makes me feel like everything is okay. The way you're supposed to be and you live in the best version of yourself. I did this meditation one time where you had to go to the mirror and tell yourself that you love yourself. And it was interesting to me because I actually felt that emotion for myself. And I don't know if I ever thought about it or expressed it so um, succinctly, if I ever expressed it actually at all before that. It was quite a powerful experience. 
It is, it is. And I'll never let go of that practice because it, mm-hmm. because it helps me a lot. Even when I feel ugly, I just go to my to, to my mirror and say, you know what, no matter what, no matter how you're feeling, no matter how you are currently, you are strong, beautiful and amazing. If someone is listening right now and they have five minutes, do you have an invitation or a challenge of something that they can do? to take action towards self-acceptance. I think I have an idea of what you're going to say, but let's see. (laughs) Do you have it, Amira? (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) I would uh, challenge them to go to Amira and then show that you're struggling to accept or that you deemed as a flow. Show it to your mirror, show it to yourself and say, you know, this was uniquely created. The fact that is not normal means it is special. So show yourself that part and say, you know what, this was uniquely created and beautifully created as well. Unique and special. And that's what makes you. The other thing that I've recently learned to do is take pictures of my hand. I take pictures more than ever before of my hand. Like when I've done a manicure or whatever, I create a bond between me and it. You're not hiding it anymore. I'm not hiding anything anymore. So I'm free. So I think uh, that would work uh, for anyone who's listening as well. Show it to yourself. Don't hide it. That's such a great test because I think when we don't like something about ourselves, when we're not accepting of some component of ourselves and we're judging ourselves, and exactly. thinking exactly. that other people are judging us the same way. And initially, we, you think you're hiding it to the world, but you're actually hiding it to yourself as well. And that, what, that creates some hatred between you and yourself. It, it creates a, a kind of a distance between your body part, even though it's on you. You think you're doing it for the other people to not see it, but you're doing it for yourself as well. You're harming yourself. That's so true, because I think we can see that when we take photos, like you're saying, we might show our right side or our left side or Mm -hmm. put our leg a certain place to accentuate the thing that we like rather than the thing that we don't like. And often if we're not accepting some part of our body, then we, we don't want to look at it in photos. We don't want to post it in photos. Exactly what has been happening with me. I've always uh, taken photo with one angle you know. That makes me think that another challenge or invitation for listeners is to think about what are you hiding? What about yourself are you hiding in some way? That might be a clue as to the thing that you're not accepting about yourself. As a parent, as a mom, what kind of interactions are you having with your son around the idea or around the topic of self-acceptance does that come I, up in the way that you interact with a lot, lot because I, I practice affirmations uh, sometimes I just do them in front of him <laughs> mm. so he has also learned to say that I'm beautiful I'm strong I'm, it has made an impact on him because the other day I had him talking to to his cousin about the other um, child being lighter than them. <laughs> mm. So they were talking how the other child who is lighter, they would describe him as that light kid. So who, in terms of the skin color. Yes. And then I asked them, why are you calling him that? And because and then the, his cousin said, because he's beautiful. And then my son said, are you not beautiful as well? And then his cousin said, 
I want to be beautiful. I want to be light like him. Mm-hmm. And then my son was like, no, you're also beautiful the way you are because you were created the way you are. You can't be like other kids, you know? And then that's where I knew that I'm teaching him lessons. Also, he's a bit different, what you call this, a stomach belly. It's bigger. So his is bigger. So when he's wearing especially tight shirts, it's always showing. You the mean other- his navel or his tummy? His, his navel. His navel, okay. Yes. So the other day, uh, we were talking about the hand. He's always been asking me about my hand, but and I always told him that I was born this way. The other day, he asked me again, why is your hand like this? Why did God make you this way? And I told him, because I'm special to him. He wants me to be uh, outstanding and recognized when he's looking for me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, also, God made my nipple this way because <laughs> he also wants me to stand out. So that's when I realized that he understands. How old is your son? Uh, he's, he's turning 10 in August. Okay, he's turning 10. So yeah, that's great that those lessons are sticking, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> that he's learning the language of self-acceptance, self-acceptance. and at least challenging Uh, some of the norms around beauty and around acceptance. Yes, my biggest fear with regards to him, always uh, feared that he would get embarrassed, you know, when he's with friends and maybe I'm with them or they know me. Your mother is like that. Why is your mother like that? But uh, I can tell that he has gotten it. He understands. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, about that fear always been thinking of the about generational that. things that you can carry. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What are you focused on at the moment? What's next? What I'm focusing on is my own healing, my own acceptance. And the biggest one is the book that I'm writing about this journey with the hope and desire to make an impact on other people's lives. And uh, for others also to overcome their insecurities and to be their real selves. That sounds great. At the moment, it's not very easy for us to travel. If I were to come to visit you, so if Uh I was coming to visit your area, your neighborhood, your town, the nearest city, what would you tell me that I must do? It's nearest to a lot of things. It's near to to the airport, to the international airport, or Tambo. Have you never been to Oertambo Airport? I have. I'm very close. I'm train, about 20 minutes away from the airport. And then the other thing, there's beautiful malls. So yeah, I love going to the malls and shop. You're not doing a very good job of convincing me to come visit. <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> because I was brought here I haven't really thought about it, why I like it I grew up here and stuff I had no choice I'm giving you a hard time but I understand <laughs> because I'm originally from the Caribbean from St. Lucia and people invariably say oh what a beautiful place and why did you leave and oh it must be so beautiful I remember the first time somebody said that I was like mm, yes I guess it's beautiful but it was just <laughs> home where I grew up so I didn't think about it in terms of comparing it for its tourism and what it can offer for a visit it was just my home and my life (laughs) now that I've asked you this question I have to think about that question for myself for the future but actually it's fairly easy in Prague because I've had a lot of visitors in Prague out of all of the countries that I've lived in 
and cities that I've lived in, Prague is the place that I've had the most visitors. So I have had to prepare some documents and some information for people in the past of where to go, what they can do and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds interesting. I'd love to visit one day. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I have one question. So when you went to secondary school, when you went to school and suddenly you found yourself facing people that were pointing out your hand, something that had never been pointed out by anybody else in your community before. Do you think that your peers were considering you less than them, less worthy than them? Or was that a judgment you were putting on yourself from their questions? I think uh, looking back on it now, I think first thing, they were curious. I mean, if you see something that you normally don't see, or even uh, it's the first time that we'll see, your reaction will be different from the situation where you see something that you see every day. I mean, they've never seen a person with a hand like me. Looking back, I, I justify or rationalize it by saying, you know what, it was fair for them to ask that question. Mm-hmm. As much as I didn't like it, uh, I can justify it by saying it was the first time seeing my hand so they were curious why was my hand like this that was a valid question i don't think they were intending to look down on me or they were trying to be better than me so that's also one thing that freaked me to say why was i angry why did i feel put down these people had never seen a hand like mine so it was normal for them to react that way I was curious about this because sometimes it comes up in many different areas. I've traveled lots of places in the world and sometimes I get stared at. You might say that I don't stand out except for the fact that my hair is different or my skin color is different than the people around me. And so personally, I always see it like there is a choice in terms of the story that you make up when you see somebody looking at you. Or even when they ask you a question, is it that they're thinking, oh, you're inferior? Is it that they're thinking, oh, something's wrong with you? Is it that they're just curious because they've never seen it? And it's hard for us to know people's motivations, but we create those stories. That's why I say you are your own enemy because you make up these stories for yourself. You, you conclude that, oh, why is she asking that question? Why are they looking at me like that? And then you start making the stories in front of you. That's when the enemy is, is created inside of you. So, ah, no, okay, I'll start hiding myself to, to stop them from asking. Before we end today, is there anything else that you're thinking about or that, that I haven't asked that you would like to make sure that listeners year before we end yes i always preach to myself like no matter what i'm going through one thing that i've discovered is i've always been my biggest enemy the enemy has always been internal not my parents who maybe didn't think about preparing me for the world for answering why is your hand like this it is not my colleagues it has not always been a social media with their standards. It has not always been the media, the magazines, who always ensured way beautiful home that I compared myself with. <laughs> it was not anyone else, but it was myself because those people that I've mentioned, I can't control. I can't control their judgments. They also have their own issues. They also have their own insecurities. They were not raised the same as me. 
even though I was not aware or I was not knowing, I conspired with their judgments. I conspired mm -hmm. with their negative opinions. I conspired with their uncomfortable thoughts. And I decided to, to internalize that when I had my own to stand on. I had myself say, you know what? Those are the world that external. You can't do anything about that. The thing that I had to control is me. I didn't make myself this way. And I can't change it. Even, even if I, I, I could change it, at the present moment, I'm like this. So why can't I accept myself? That's, that's what freed me to acknowledge and admit that you were your enemy. Then it was easier for me to go inside and say, you know what, we're going to let go of these judgments and negative opinions that you have internalized. You're going to let them go. You're going to free them. You're going to tell them that they're not settling in your mind anymore. And then you're going to see yourself as you are, as beautiful as you are. How the next person sees you is none of your business. People will always judge. Even now, as free as I am, I have accepted myself as I am. The next person will still see something different. Why? Because they're not me. They have a different view of myself. So how do I see myself is what matters the most. It's, it's the only thing that matters because I am the one who spends the most time with myself. So think about it. You want to be free, regardless of anyone or what anyone else thinks. Thank you so much, Beverly, for taking time for us to do a second recording. <laughs> you, you're very calm. <laughs> yeah, I've been told that before. <laughs> well, I hope you have a great rest of the day. Okay. Thank you very much, Jane. You're welcome. You too. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode with me and Beverly. What's the thing about yourself that you hyper-focus on, that you try to hide, that you try to pretend does not exist or you don't want somebody else to notice? Can you find a way to accept that part of yourself? that's the challenge that's the journey that we're on together I'm right there with you there are things about myself that I do not like that I want to change and in the meantime I am in a fight with them but as I explore this topic what I'm realizing is that acceptance means recognizing what is it means being able to sit with what is it means being able to realize that I am worthy regardless of those imperfections. And so we'll continue exploring this topic over the next few weeks. Today, in addition to Beverly's invitation to look in the mirror and speak to yourself with kindness, with love, I would also invite you to do some journaling, to do some reflecting, to do some thinking about what is the part of you that you're hiding away. Hiding away from yourself and hiding away from others. Reflect on this and as the weeks go on, I will be sharing some additional invitations, some additional challenges and resources with you so that you can make progress on this journey of self-acceptance as well. Thank you for listening to this episode. 
If you've enjoyed it or you think someone else will, please share it with them. I would appreciate a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen, because that helps other people find the podcast. And if you want additional resources, links that I share, pictures of the things that I'm exploring around, you can follow me on social media. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast or have a recommendation, send me an email, contact at changesbigandsmall.com. Change begins with one small step. What step are you taking today? Have a great week.